Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 43 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. As usual, we just let you know it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast is just our own personal views and we look into a few of the topics that you guys send us and ask us to look into. We'll start off with a bit of what I'm going to call good news. Well, hopefully it'll turn into good news. What have you got, Chris? Yeah, it's like a plan for good news. I was reading the um, the, the local paper here in Waterford, the Waterford News and Star, and there's an article, a small little corner article in it. Um, the headline was, Call for Campervan Park at the Greenway. So it looks like a couple of the local councillors in Kilmac Thomas in County Waterford are, are nearby or have a call for campervan parking there as an immunity to complement the Waterford Greenway. And um, they made that at the, the, the local Cumra district meeting. A lot of people would have heard of the Waterford Greenway. It's been a massive uh, tourism success here in Waterford. And it's an amazing amenity. Um, there are lots of different stop-off points. And I know you did a couple of videos there, Aaron, on Charlie and me about the different locations were to pull over. You mentioned the workhouse, I think, and Kilmac Thomas is very near to that. And a lot of people um, with motorhomes stop up in, in, in Kilmac Thomas. I think they just park on the street there. So it'd be great to have uh, some more motorhome facilities, just even just to park up and spend a day at the Greenway. But uh, overnight would be even better again. I think in Kilmac Thomas, um, when we did a, a one, two and three part for where to park on the Greenway, on Charlie Amir camping vlog, we stopped at the, there's a small car park beside the Garda station, which is right on the Greenway, but there's a mill down in the village and that's where a lot of the motorhomes seem to be parking. And there's also a fresh water tap there, which just happens to be there. It's not there for the motorhomes, but I think that's the area that yeah. the people in Kilmac Thomas are trying to get designated for motorhome parking. At the moment, it's just a gravel and grassy patch and a lot of motorhomes uh, seem to be using it. Yeah, and it's taking the motorhomes off the main street, like Kilmac Thomas is small enough and it's a short walk onto the Greenway. But what it's going to do, and they said that in the article, it's going to encourage people to spend a whole day in Kilmac Thomas. You know, and people are going to use the pubs, the restaurants, the shops, um, uh, and if they're overnighting, probably even more as well. Um, since the Greenway took off, there have been lots of new restaurants and cafes all within that jet that general area and you know facilities like that all along the greenway and i know there's lots of new greenways popping up all over ireland as well so certainly um the motorhome and campervan folk would be very outdoorsy as well so if we had facilities to park up at all these locations it would be brilliant i'm just hoping it's not an election thing because they're going to be knocking on the door let's uh watch this space kilmac thomas on the greenway and if you are visiting the greenway if you go on to charlie and mayor camping vlog on YouTube. We've three little, well, they're almost 20 minutes each, but three videos up there on where you can and can't stay. I got one of the car parks wrong. I think I was calling it Kilotiran, and it's it's actually called Kilotiran. They have now since tarred Kilotiran car park. When we did the video, it was just gravel and potholes, but it's now tarred. There's no height restrictions or anything, and they've since put in about four motorhome parking spaces at the WIT, and now I believe Wexford are getting on the the ball game and they're continuing they're going to actually go from from new ross 
to link up with the Waterford Greenway. It's a three or four year plan, so we'll be watching that with great interest as well. That's right. And I think there's some talk as well about extending the Waterford Greenway out to Tremor as well. God, if, if they link them all together, it'd be fantastic. Um, fantastic. If you were doing cycling and camping kind of holiday um, and being able to stay off the roads and just stick to those greenways, wouldn't that be amazing? Right, yeah. we kick off with follow-ups and shout-outs. What have we got? Yeah, we got a message from Trev from Galway there recently. He was saying that he's enjoying the podcast and when he's not listening in the motorhome, he listens on his evening uh, dog walk. Thanks, Trev, for sending on a message. It's nice to know, uh, I've said it a lot of times before, uh, who's listening and, um, and that, you know, the, the, the numbers of listeners are going up and up and up every week so we'd just like to, to start putting a, a few names to people if we can you know we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast as we always do and if you just want to drop us a line to tell us what you do or don't like about the podcast we really really would love to hear from you so we said uh, back in around September, October, that we'd give away one of the hoodies that we have for the Camping Crew podcast and a Charlie and Me polo shirt to anybody who would send us in a campsite or camping product review via campsitereview.com, which is our sister website. It's a free forum where you can read reviews or make reviews on all things camping. And it just so happens that the winner we're actually doing one of his reviews today. Now, uh, Darren Gallagher has sent in quite a few reviews to campsitereview.com and he listens regularly to the podcasts. And it's absolutely brilliant that we did the draw uh, during the week. And Darren, we'll be in touch to get your uh, sizes, but you've just won for yourself one of our hoodies and one of our polo shirts. And we'll get them in the post to ASAP. And thank you for uh, participating in Campsite Review. This review from Darren is a caravan park in Eski. He sent this review in on the 13th of December of last year. He said, it's a lovely site, community run. It's behind the community centre. Uh, you check in at the tourist office at Eski House across the road. The people are lovely. They can't do enough to help and they've great knowledge uh, with the local activities. Six or seven hard stands. You'll need your levellers, though, as they are slightly sloped. They may be adding more hard stands, it seems. Pitches are quite small, but a huge field behind this area can also be used. Facilities are immaculate. The washer, the dryer are available and they're free. Oh, sorry, at a fee. Kitchen has a toaster and a kettle, etc. You pay for the showers. Note that when the coins run out, not only does the shower stop, but the light goes out too. Oh, so gosh. if you leave it too late, you're going to be <laughs> Bring showering in the dark. There's a barbecue area and a washing line too with free Wi-Fi also available at the facility building. The Castle Inn does good, reasonably priced food during the day. There's a pizza shop at night. And don't miss Pudding Row for breakfast, brunch, lunch. People come from all over the place to eat here, and you'll see why. Don't miss the trad nights during the summer in McGowan's. The Beach Bar is not too far away. Look out for the Split Rock on the way, another great spot for food. This is a big surfing location, only for experienced surfers, though. There's a pier in the harbour that's great for jumping into the harbour from. Popular area for sea and river fishing. Go to the ruins of Eski Castle. See if you can find a secret passage that lets you climb all the way to the top. Go along the coast and see the fossils. And if you're lucky, like us, you may see a pot of dolphins go by. Go for a swim in the Polgorm. Polgorm is safe for small kids. It's a man-made sea pool created in the 60s for children to learn how to swim. 
the cost, 25 euro, including electric hookup. We stayed from July 19th for a couple of nights, went away for a night, but came back to Eski for another night. It's open all year and they hope to get back over the Christmas holidays. Now, that, Darren, is a fantastic review of the site and the surrounding areas. It sounds brilliant. Sounds like a place that we could uh, check out this summer for 2020. So, Darren, well done. And thank you for uh, listening to the podcast and watching Charlie and me and for entering your reviews on campsitereview.com. And keep up the good work and we'll be in touch and we'll get the polo shirt and the hoodie out to you ASAP. Yeah, and if anybody else would like to leave a long review or a short review of any other campsite, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Your favourite campsite or campsite you might visit uh, most often, just drop it up there on uh, campsitereview.com or you can even email it to us um, if you wish as well. Yeah, and you know what? It doesn't have to be positive. If you want to warn people about somewhere you stayed, we'd love to hear that as well. And we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast, as always. Now, this is where we look at tips and camping hacks and products. And you've got a nice little dandy product for us uh, just to finish off the winter months. Yeah, yeah. I um, saw a good few people talking about this on um, a few mentions of it on Facebook recently and on Motorhome Crack Forum there as well. And people were asking about what heaters they use um, in their tents and in their awnings. And um, this product, um, I don't have it myself, but, uh, you know, I, 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 because I've seen all the comments, I said I'd make people aware of it. It's called a Campa Diddy Camping Heater. It's €34. Euros. I did a search for it. It looks like it's for sale at amaracamping.com there. Um, the description was, is at just 17 centimetres wide and 22 centimetres high. It looks more like a small speaker than a heater. Um, it has outputs of 750 watts and 1,500 watts. It's quiet and it has tip over protection too. So I think that's really important if you have a heater in your mm-hmm. awning or in your tent that you have that tip over protection because you could get up to leave yeah. and step out and not know that you've knocked and over that motor home. And not yeah. knocked over the heater, should I say. Um, you could do a, a, a hell of a lot of damage there, you know. But um, I'm thinking of it for, you know, maybe heating up an awning or heating up a, a tent. Just make sure you have plenty of ventilation and you don't seal off all the exits. Well, obviously, make sure it's supervised as well, but uh, very handy um, if you're sticking your awning up in the uh, early spring, kind of into winter or even late at night during the summer. And can we remind you that 750 watts is roughly about uh, three and a half amps. So at full power, 1500 watts is roughly about seven amps. So you've got to bear that in mind if you're plugged in that you don't go plugging the toaster in because most campsites, as we know, run at about 10 amps. So it's just something to bear in mind. And I know we did tweet out a couple of weeks ago uh, ratings and amps, and we may even do it again before the season really kicks off. We used the used to. Did you buy one of the gas ones that myself and Ross have in the camping crew? We have these little gas ones that like that. They were about thirty five euro and they run on the little aerosol size tin of gas, which they're very good although be weary they get warm at the bottom and can burn holes in ground sheets <laughs> we could uh, ross can tell us all about that we have i don't find them that great to be honest it's just more I... it's more of a, a comforting to know that there's a a bit of heat coming what happens is the as the gas bottle is being used it gets really cold and then the the functionality of the um of that little heater goes we have to kind of switch out the bottles and let that one kind of warm back up again yeah. that other camper heater by the way is a is a, an electric heater 
So you will have to run a cable from your camper van out into the tent. Or if you remember last the last podcast, we spoke about um, uh, electrifying how to electrify your tent or or on and you can use that product as well just bear in mind keeping an eye on the the wattage that you're not going to trip the amperage that you're not going to trip because most campsites are only 10 amps that brings us nicely to the camp life section Aaron you're going to tell us about an interview yeah Chris speaking of recording interviews um, we spoke briefly about shared ownership I do know of a chap who shares ownership of a motorhome with either his brother or his uncle but um, Adrian got on to us to say, hey, guys, I actually have shared ownership with a friend of a caravan for the past four years. And I went, oh, how did that go? So we had a chat with Adrian. Now, this interview is about 15 to 20 minutes long, but it really, really is worth it. So take a listen. I started off by asking Adrian, how did you get into having shared ownership of a caravan? As, a f- as the family, we've always camped. Um, actually, we were camping before we kids and we, were, we had tents and we'd been all over Ireland traveling and we'd even uh, tented and camped in, in France. And it was during one of those trips in France with, the, with our kids that I saw a couple from the UK who had a caravan and the awning and I thought maybe it was time for us to upgrade. So on the boat back from France, Myself and my wife were having this chat about it and we were thinking about, right, we'll go for a caravan or a camper van or motorhome. But we decided we thought a caravan would suit us best. And, and from there, then we thought we've got friends of ours who have a caravan that are looking to upgrade. And they were actually sharing their caravan with their family members. Oh, really? And we said, well, if you're thinking of upgrading, would you be interested in uh, doing a co-ownership with us. And how many children had you at the time? So we had the two kids. And at that time, I think they are, uh, they were about six and four. Okay. And the other family had how many? They've actually four. Oh, they, wow. Yeah. Okay. And w- when you put it to them, were they, you were saying they, they were already are getting out of a share deal? Yes. Now they weren't as initially keen of thinking of going into it because I don't think it, the share deal from a family point of view had worked out as well for them. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, they've known us for since the kids were all babies. We go on our Christmas tours together mm-hmm. um, to see Santa and everything like that. And uh, so we left it with them uh, and they came back and said, sure, they'd be interested in going with it. Again, they know what kind of people we are, what kind of person, how I take care of my own things or, or on, on yeah. sports equipment. So they'd have a fairly good idea. What uh, are the positives of sharing? For example, I, I'm going to also ask you what are the negatives, but what what are the positives? It, it, I would assume that the first one would be, well, we've now got twice as much to spend, or is it now we don't have to spend as much? So what, what would the positives of sharing be? Well, the first thing, obviously, if you're going for a new or second hand, your purchase price and what you're able to get, you can go up in in years and get a newer model. Or, uh, or even in our case, we found with the budget we were able to put in together, we were able to get a new uh, caravan. Oh, right. After that, you wouldn't have been able to do that on your own, a new caravan. N- no, I mean, we'd never caravaned before. So we were going looking at knowing that our first one would be just an introduction to caravanning to see if it was really something we, we wanted to stay with. Which is what we say to people thinking about buying caravans and motorhomes. Don't spend too much money because if one or t'other doesn't like it, you're going to have to sell it in a couple of months and you don't want, and you're going to lose money on a, a second sale. So 
don't go spending 60 and 70 grand on your first motorhome in case you don't like it. So it's the same thinking with the caravan. Exactly. And we, we found that the, the budget that each of us was going to put in for a second-hand caravan, when you added them together and, and stick to that budget, when we found and we went to the dealers just, just as to see what was on the market, we yeah. found we were able to afford an entry-level caravan, brand right. new. So now you're talking four of ye, but six of them. So how do you compromise? It's going to be a big wagon. Well, it was, yeah, we ended up going up just, we ended up north to look at the dealers because the main agents, the manufacturers are in the UK and the main agents were in Northern Ireland. And we went up together, the two families, uh, and started looking around the carbon choices and layouts um, that were available and the dealers looking at what our needs were and what their needs are and then what the needs of the two families together mm-hmm. would be and we ended up finding um that a six berth caravan with bunk beds uh, had the toilet had the shower had the dinette and everything and it was a single axle uh, worked out very well for us so much so that actually both our wives sat down and told us in one of the vans we were sitting in, this is the one we want. <laughs> and told us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were told we weren't buying new on the way up. <laughs> right, okay. So you were delighted with the fact. And this was new. This was brand new. It turns out this was new, yes. Yeah. That was not our intention going up. But <laughs> no, it's... that was not their intention going up. <laughs> no. Don't don't be patting yourself on the back here, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> so you found a layout that you reckoned, because it still obviously hadn't been tried or tested, but you reckoned, yeah, this ticks practically all of the boxes. Yes. Yeah, Budget, I mean... layout. Uh, now, what about towing capacity? Obviously, the other family were used to towing. Had you a vehicle that would tow this? I did. I had okay. a towing. This vehicle, or this the, the carbon we had, just was under one and a half tons, so it was handy enough for most towing vehicles to do. Okay. Because that is something you have to bear in mind, isn't it? You know, how big you can go without having to then go and change the car or whatever. Yes. It, it, oh, yeah, you definitely have to look at your allowances. Now, they'd had towing experience. As it turns out, myself and my wife had done our trailer test previous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the BE license as well. So the options for us, we can go right up to I think about seven or eight tons combined weight. So it wasn't yes, with a big twin axle, you you yes. you could have picked bigger if you wanted to. Yes, but my vehicle right. at the time wouldn't have allowed for that. Right. Okay. So you now found the wagon that that suits both families. You have been given to go ahead to purchase said wagon. Now all you've got to do is figure out who gets it when. Now, this is my thinking behind it. Maybe you're going to tell me, oh, no, that's so easy. Are you going to tell me that? Well, what we ended up doing is we both agreed before we would put down the big bulk of the money, we, we paid the deposit, mm-hmm. that we were going to write an agreement and everybody have their input into the agreement and sign an off on it before we all forked out Okay, the, the biggest sum of money. Yeah, good one. Um, and within that, we also, we had the agreement. We then created a WhatsApp group okay. that we all shared into it, called it the Caravan Group. Okay. So we could fill in little things about discussing the purchase, which later on went on to helping with the booking, which then led us on to, as part of that, creating a Google shared calendar. Ah, uh, Okay. And that allowed us to do the bookings. 
Right. So before we get on to that, we now have purchased the vehicle. What about the contents of the vehicle? I mean, they're going to need six chairs. You're only going to need four chairs. Does that mean that you they empty all their stuff this Friday because you're taking it? Or did you just come up with, let's purchase the equipment together? Yeah. So as part of the, the agreement and the arrangements, we bought a certain amount of accessories which were listed in the in the agreement, which were co-owned. Okay. Um, and that was clear that that would stay with the caravan. There was little extras you buy, the awnings, uh, chairs and things of that would stay in. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you would take out of the caravan when you're finished with it and then bring it back in. So we all had our own things as well that were suited our family's needs. They had right. the items that suited theirs and you just brought it in and out. Now, one of the benefits we found of having a new caravan was you want to keep it as new as possible. Yes. So that we found from a co-ownership point of view, we tended to keep it clean when we were finished with We even had agreements on how that was dealt with, okay. handing it over, collecting it and, and booking it. But the main thing, I suppose, from a co-ownership that helped was we agreed that for like the main holidays, a priority on even and odd years. So example, the odd years, we had the priority for the main yes. holiday. Okay. And okay. the other family had it the next year on the even and- years. And then, well, now that's just your main two-week holiday, we'll say. But what about bank holiday weekends? So we would sit down and you'd see, because well obviously you have kids who are doing sports, they have kids who are doing sports as well. Mm-hmm. And this is where the Google Calendar came in and you'd, it's, you'd fill it in as early as you could so everybody knew they were booking it. And if I took a bank holiday, I couldn't expect to take the next one. Yes, so okay. It, okay. It so just, of, just a bit of give and take and common sense. Very much so. Very much so. It just did. Did it ever? Cla- How, first of all, you you were telling me this went on for four years. Four years we did this. Yes. Did yes. it ever clash? Not for the main holidays because you had that at the start day. of the year we sit down with each other and we say, "What two weeks are you taking, and what two weeks were they taking, or are we taking?" So okay. that worked out okay. Now you did have an odd clash, and if you had a bank holiday or everything like that, but again, because you had booked it in the calendar, it was easy to say, "Well, you've had it for the last two, so it's your, it's our turn, yeah. or so yeah. on, like that." So yeah. um, it worked so, out pretty yeah, amicable that yeah, way. Yeah. So all in all, there was no falling out. You're still friends. Oh, very much so. Yes. Yeah. So there was just no point. No place where you could both go away together like we do with the camping crew myself and Chris because we've got motorhomes so one of the downfalls and maybe I'm wrong is that you can't go camping with your friends that's right unless one of us breaks out the tent again (laughs) right okay (laughs) (laughs) do you still have your tent Uh, I've gotten rid of the family tent I've got my smaller ones are my four-man tent but not the family tent and I still have a lot of the the, the gear for that primarily because I'll use it with uh, my other sports as well if I'm going off myself so right and what about the storage of the caravan so the storage was this is where we broke things down further on the running cost the storage um during the season stayed with me in our garden and then I took care of the winter storage as in, it, it wasn't in your garden, it was storage. No, it was stored, yeah. I put it into dry storage for the winter. Okay. Um, and because I cover the cost of that, um, the other family then would cover the cost of the caravan insurance. Okay, right. Oh, so you take out separate insurance for a caravan? Yes. Is, is that a necessity? I didn't know that. Fine when you're towing a caravan that you'll only have third party for the trailer, but you won't have comprehensive cover on the caravan the contents and the caravan. Wow! Yeah. So it's now like a motor a motor policy. You you have to actually insure the vehicle. Yes, your best to do. Well, obviously because it's co ownership and, we, and oh yeah, we, we both put half the money in. If the, 
God for sake, there was an accident by either one party. Yeah, yeah. We'd all be, ones, we'd yeah, all all be out, out of pocket. Yeah. So, which that led to another benefit because the insurance company then wanted a joint bank account so that they would only have one account if there's ever a claim to make a payment. Yes. So as a side to that, we then decided each the family to put 25 euros a month into that bank account. Okay. So, that, so it became a maintenance account if it's exactly. Yeah, wow. and that meant we could get the carbon serviced every year and we would buy any accessories or add yes, little extras. Or re- replace whatever breaks or whatever, be it, yeah. be it a camping chair or whatever. Yeah, and it came out of the joint wow. fund then. And tw- 25 quid isn't a lot of money. No, and if you know, this is a 25 quid each. And if it's not being touched, add, it adds up, doesn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, because we had to bring the caravan to get serviced every year because um, they do the usual breaks, gas right. checks, water ingress. It also covers um, the 10-year water ingress warranty on the caravan. Right, okay. So you had to get it serviced. So, so far, I'm getting from our conversation that this is a good thing. Are there any negatives? I'd have to say for our experience was very good. Right. Primarily, I suppose it depends. The key thing is when you write an agreement, write it before you've purchased and um, and look at all the points and the outcomes that may or may not happen and okay. write them down in, in the agreement. Now, this doesn't go to a solicitor or anything. Is this just two buddies sitting down with the family, writing down things and then editing it down to make sense? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I have there's a no going to a solicitor or anything to get it stamped or. No, there wasn't. I I have a background. My background was engineering, so writing specifications was there. Right. The other families they had a background in finance, so the finance input was there as well. And if you write down all the key points that you want included in it, then you write down say the the bad, the rainy day points that you hope will never come across. Yes, but still have to think about. Which means, yeah, you've got them agreed, should there be an accident, should you want to sell it, should you want to get out. You just write it down in the agreement and it's all agreed from day one. Okay, so here we are four years later. What if, for whatever reason, you want it out? Is it a case that if the others can't afford to buy you out, you've got to sell? You know, how do you cover? These are the things that that I would think about. Well, I'm at the buying this caravan or motorhome with my brother, but what if we have a falling out or financially one of us lose a job or we just can't afford it anymore? How do you get out? So we wrote that into the agreement. We had effectively what was a termination clause. And it just meant that if one family wanted out or we fell out as a as a, yes. as part as, as as two families as 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 people do which can do yeah effectively we said right you one you can put forward that you want to sell the caravan now what we did make allowances was have a cool down period as well okay just in case it was a heated moment argument yeah. or, but but it is something you have to think about when it, when putting a, a, an agreement together well if you do, a, a get a get out of jail clause yeah, if you do it from day one, when everything is all on good terms, right. you've got very little reason to, to, to have bad terms if you, when it comes to sell it, because you've, you're just following what you've agreed from day one. But thankfully, you guys have had four good years out of it with, with little or no disagreements. No, no, no. We've had no, it's been, we've had a great time with it. Each of the families have had great use of it. Um, there's only been 
minor wear and tear elements on it, which you just cover yourself. So we said anything below a certain value, each family covers themselves. Yes. Anything major, then you might look to leave it to the insurance company. But it, it worked out very well. Because it was new, as I said, you tend to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. You are telling me now, four years on, it's time for change. Yes, yes. As of, we've just now, this year, um, sold the caravan. And okay. I'm now buying a, a van, a caravan for ourselves, our family, separate. Okay, of course, um, the kids are four years older now, so you, you're what? You're nearly in the teens at this stage, are you? I am, yes, yes. Right, okay, so they want the, the space, is the, it, which just shows four and six to ten and twelve makes, they want different things now, don't they? It is. Well, the other family has uh, had more girls in it where we've got boys. Okay. So oh, they're right. caught up in the activities of, uh, I think, a lot of dancing and so on. We've got yes. football and, and other things like that. Um, the layout then, as you get older, didn't, having a sixth birth doesn't suit us as a family of four okay. as much as it did when they were younger. Yes, yes. So we were looking to change the layout that suits us. Again, having a family with six on the other side, that means they were still would have to stay with the six birth Yes, layout. yes. And have you found something? Are you still looking? Are you you're, you're definitely buying again. You're not getting definitely buying. So. I uh, paid a visit to the NEC. <laughs> as in in the UK. In the UK, yes, I was there. As did yeah. we? Yeah, we yeah. were there too for that. We were there just looking at the motorhomes. <laughs> <laughs> we went over specifically to look at what layout on and, and would suit us best, right. and we went back to our dealer here in Ireland. Okay. And, and I'm going to be picking up a new van now in the next few weeks oh brilliant so you'll have it for this season i will indeed and uh, now okay so the van is sold but what about the things that were jointly bought did, did you sell product with the van with the caravan you know like seats and stuff or did you just divvy them out some of it was sold with the caravan because okay. it, it, it was part of the package deal that we sold on the caravan secondhand it was easier that way yes, yes. like awnings the big items yes you sell those on you're starting afresh yeah, so chances are that awning won't fit your new caravan or their caravan, so you just let it go as. And plus, it's an incentive on the sale as well, isn't it? Especially the likes of an awning. Oh, very much so. It was yeah. they were, the 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 people who bought our caravan were keen enough to to get the awning included in it, so that makes life easier as well. Adrian, it's been absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure we're going to chat again because listeners are going to come back to us and say we want to know more. So if you're available again. I think the agreement is going to come up in conversation. Adrian, enjoy your new toy. <laughs> and uh, we might bump into if you see us on any of the sites. Uh, keep in touch and keep listening to the podcasts. Take care. So thanks to Adrian for that. So two things to bear in mind. One, make sure you have that contract. Just make sure that you stick to it. If anybody else has shared experience, be it with a motorhome, caravan, even a tent, could you let us know about it? Especially if you had a few pitfalls. Adrian seemed to be pretty lucky there. But uh, we'll give you the contact details in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, I think you have to be fairly compatible with the person that you're going to be sharing with or the family you're going to be sharing with. And as you said, if you get keep the ground rules, you stick to them, uh, I don't think you'll have any problems. But again, if there is anybody out, because you know what, even with the best intentions, things do go wrong. Friendships do break up. So we would love to hear from anybody if it went pear-shaped or if you're in a successful shared ownership. Now, it's that time of the year almost. The season officially kicks off St. Patrick's weekend in Ireland for, for camping, especially with caravans and motorhomes. And then when the weather picks up a little bit, the tents start coming out. 
but festivals start kicking off more or less from May, June, July, August and September. Uh, you've got your tickets for Fantastival. You'll hear us going on about Fantastival <laughs> because it's one festival that we really look forward to all year round. And that comes up on the June Bank Holiday weekend. So we decided to take a look at a list of things that make sure you have if you're planning on going to a festival. So we'll kick off with the list and we, we'll go through this one pretty quick. But you've got the most essential thing, your tickets. Make sure you arrive, especially with tickets arriving now on email. Make sure it's on your phone or you've printed off the tickets. No point going to the festival gate if you've no proof. They don't know who you are. To be honest, and not being bad. I don't think they care who you are. They just need to get people in and settled as quick as possible. And sometimes the camper van tickets will be separate to the concert tickets as well. So make yeah. sure you have both tickets um, uh, and tickets for any children that you might be bringing as well yeah. uh, another thing to remember is bring your awning or gazebo um some festivals like yes, um festival will allow you to do it other festivals uh, they're packed quite tightly and they they insist that there's no awnings no gazebos no tables and chairs outside so just i suppose check the the, the rules of the the festivals you're going to and because most festivals are possibly in fields and not necessarily in motorhome parks, make sure, again, these tips we're going to give you to start off with are for motorhomes and caravans. Make sure you bring your levelling ramps because there's nothing worse than being in a field and you're slipping off the bed at night time. It's, it's highly likely that you could be on a, a gentle slope. Uh, we have that from experience as well and um, I suppose it brings some tools with you as well if you need to, um, to fix something on your own van that may run a cropper or even to help somebody else out if you've got some tools uh, somebody could be very grateful for those yeah and part of your toolbox always have some as they call it in america duct tape we call it gaffer tape and make sure you always have a tin of wd-40 as well that's good stuff yeah and those cable ties for keeping things together till you get home as well <laughs> and fuses spare fuses the car fuses if you want to make sure check the fuses in your camper they might be the little glass ones they might be the little spade ones that are normally in cars now some of them are micro and some of them are a standard size so make sure you've got enough of the right fuses for your living quarters and for your van or your car as well yeah a lot of cases uh, when you go to festival, the, the motorhome uh, and camping and tent area is uh, quite a bit away from where the festival is itself. So make sure you bring some battery packs and batteries for your phone or torches for the way home. That if you're spending a whole day there, you'll quickly run down your battery if you're taking pictures or or instead of watching the concert, you're looking at it through your phone while you're recording it um, just to have your battery packs to to keep your phone alive and then of course you want your spot to look well so if you're bringing flag poles and flags and your twinkle lights make sure you have all of them in the camper ready to roll as well so everything looks cool yeah that's a big thing i love about the, the different festivals everyone makes a big effort into lighting up their area of the, the campsite and some of them look really amazing yeah, even some of the tents I found in Van Festival over the years as well. And these are just little two-man tents and somebody brings a load of these battery-operated starlights from the Christmas tree and they put them all over the tents. And it does. And last year I noticed that a lot of these, and I saw them when we were over at the NEC in Birmingham, the flagpoles that come ready lit. Now, I tend to cable tie um, a rope light to my flagpole, but some of them now actually come ready lit. And uh, a lot of festivals operate uh, a take-your-rubbish-home policy uh, and a lot of them will provide 
uh, rubbish facilities. It just brings some bin liners with you, and just in case you do have to um, to walk a bit to, to where the bins are. And fuel. Make sure you've enough gas for the gas heaters. Make sure you've enough gas for cooking because festivals will not have the likes of that for sale. So make sure that you top up your diesel tank, your petrol tank, and make sure you have your gas bottles ready to roll and those little canisters if you're cooking or for your heating. Yeah, bring plenty of water with you for drinking and cooking and and yeah. that if it's the summer, like it could be dehydrated fairly quickly, especially if you're having a, a few bevies during the day. But it's good to have plenty of water with you. You mightn't be able to pick it up handy enough or you might have quite a, quite a walk. So bring it with you. Yes, and make sure that your water tanks are full because, again, there may not be taps close to where you're parked by. And just in case the sun doesn't shine... Make sure you've got a brolly in the van as well. Yeah, I think we have a, a couple of options for people who are bringing their tents as well. Um, check your tent kit before you leave. Make sure you have your ground sheets and your tent pegs and your guy ropes and all the poles and oh. maybe spare poles or the duct tape if you need to tape poles together because they do tend to snap every now and again. Uh, make sure that you bring the hammer because there's nothing worse during the middle of the summer getting to a pitch and it's rock hard and you're trying to kick things in with your shoes so make sure that you bring your little mallet with you and make sure you have all of your sleeping equipment okay you may forget the pillow you may not bother but make sure you've got your, your little duvet or your sleeping bags and your rucksacks for carrying everything around you know what I see people bringing to festivals and it's a fantastic idea so sometimes when you're parking especially in a tent or you're camping especially in a tent your park quite a long way away a lot of people bring those little trolleys the handles with the trolleys and they either have the kids in them or they have their tents and all their gear because sometimes you might have to make two or three trips back to the car depending on how much gear you have but even a pram or a buggy or a, a trolley or something to carry all that because you could have quite a long way to go you know so just make sure check everything before you leave but make sure you have the tickets if you're coming in a tent put your tent up before you go if you haven't used it since the summer of last year you don't want to get there and find that it's been eaten by mothballs or it's covered in mold when you get there so just and then of course the last thing that's very important stay safe and have a good time that's it, yeah, enjoy it. Um, and let us know about any festivals you went in your motorhome and what your experience was, whether it was last year or what you're planning to do this year. I think we're planning to probably do Fantastical and uh, maybe Fela. There's a couple of others we might go to. I know some of the gang are going to All Together Now and Electric Picnic and Body and Soul and Kaleidoscope. There's plenty of... Uh, options there for you and they're all welcoming for motorhomes and i'm sure we'll touch base uh, when the season kicks off maybe around um april may we'll we'll find a website that has all of the festivals and we'll chat about different festivals uh, some allow dogs some don't allow dogs some allow children some don't allow children so these are things that we'll take a look into and we'll do a podcast covering the etiquette of some of the festivals uh, over the coming ones here and if any of you are on Twitter, you may have noticed on Saturday evening, we posted out some pictures of a Ford TT motorhome. This motorhome dates back to 1924 and it's on display at Autoworld in Brussels. It's a, a really beautiful machine, um, all, all kind of wooden. It looks like a, almost like a, a railway carriage. But I'd say it's probably one of the very first motorhomes out there. Maybe not the first, but it's definitely up there but it's really really nice so look check out our twitter feed and you'll see some pictures of that if you're on it i think i put some up on um some of their facebook groups as well 
seen a few on the Facebook. Actually, while we're speaking of uh, Twitter feeds, let's uh, wrap up with some of the contact details. No, we'll give you all of the contact details, how you can get in touch, whether you want to review a product, agree or disagree with what we're talking about, or if you'd want to take part in an interview. So, Chris, how do people get hold of us? Yep. The main way is to email us. You can email us at campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I mentioned Twitter earlier. Our Twitter handle is at the camping crew. Um, you'll also find us on Motorhome Crack Forum, uh, boards.ie. We're on all of the, the really good Facebook groups as well. So you'll see myself or Aaron posting up when the podcast is released on those. So feel free to um, message us on those posts or even um, you can do a private message as well if you wish. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And of course, Charlie and myself have our YouTube channel called Charlie and Me, our camping vlog. And we have campsitereview.com where you can go in and again, review products or campsites, likes and dislikes. And we would love to hear from you. And also, if you want some of our stickers, all you got to do is email us again from any of the contact details, especially campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Your name, your address, your full postal address, and we'll get some stickers out to you. And over the next couple of weeks as well, well, while we're posting out stickers, we have the Camping Ireland 2020 booklet, which we'll also stick in the post with the stickers. And we'll have some, if you see us around on campsites or stopovers, we'll be carrying a few of them in our campers and we'd gladly give them to you. So listen, that wraps up this episode 43 for now. Thank you for listening to us and thank you for telling your friends about us and getting in touch. And we'll do it all over again next week, but we need your input. So do use those contact details. If you're camping over the next couple of weeks, when the chill is still with us please stay safe and stay warm from me Aaron Burchill talk to you again very very soon and from me Chris Byron bye bye well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping mm-hmm.